Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but why? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our city. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Uh, the Red Sox got swept by the Rays. Um, I know we've been saying. Happy flight, happy podcast. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm happy. Definitely not happy. But I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like I, I, I definitely don't fucking care that they got swept by the Rays. Like, let's be honest. I know that there are... Maybe it's an age thing. Maybe it's a maturity thing. I'm sure that there are some younger Red Sox fans that are like, I'm sad that they got swept by the Rays. Who gives a shit? Like, the... The season's over. It's it's uh, we're on to 2023. The uh, Tristan Cassis big league debut was basically day one of starting to look forward to 2023. Unless the Red Sox ran the table, who really gives a flying fuck what they do for the rest of September? I don't like. I'm I'm based like this. We're, we're in auditions. This is audition mode right now. Um. I think one of the names that comes to mind, Nathan Valdi. Nathan Valdi's been throwing bullpens. And when he's ready to come back, if he's ready to come back, we'll see what he looks like. That's an audition in free agency. Nick Pavetta. Tonight, pretty good audition for, for the club next year. Tristan Cassis, seeing this, this infield together. By the way, make no mistake about it. The Red Sox have not been shut out since May 30th. Correct. May 30th. No Xander, no Devers in the lineup tonight. You got shut out. So uh, let's let's maybe let's maybe pay those guys so that we don't continue with the trend of not having Xander and, and uh, Devers in the lineup. Um, I don't know, like Jake. I feel like I feel like you're a pretty good barometer to ask this question to. Um, did you feel anything at all, like after getting swept by the race? I think this is the first time this season where I really didn't feel anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we even, I think the most recent episode, we kind of just, we talked ourselves into thinking that there's a path that, you know, you four game sweep the Texas Rangers, Cassis gets called up. You're like, okay. Like, at least the offense is doing something. The off, one of the best, if not the best offense in the league since what, the trade deadline? Would you like the new playoff odds, Jared? You know what I, you know what I like is that new microphone you got. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Sounds pretty great. It's a great microphone. DraftKings taking care of me. Um, Did they really? They did. Fully taken care of. Shout out Jake facilitating everything. That's pretty Um, solid. Good for you. Yeah, you know we're out here. We're out here. But (laughs) I saw enough people complaining about the mic and the screaming. I'm sorry for getting excited. Pete brings that out of me, Jared. Your Rich Hill take. We're not going to go back to that. Um, we but, can re- we can revisit it. Also, it, wait. it's addressed. It's it. Yeah, we can we can revisit it. Are we going to get Joey a new mic? To his fucking mic sucks, Jake. Yeah, it got delivered yesterday. Oh hell yeah, that's going to be awesome. 
His mic fucking sucks. You thought yours was bad? Worse. Joey's was like, it was basically like a fucking tin can with, with a piece of string hanging out of it. Um, anyways, continue. But yeah, so baseball reference. And, you know, this was going into today. Obviously, they don't update right after the game. 0.2%. A little more brighter on Fangraph side. 0.4%. So not zero. No, and then 538 was just below 1%. They don't even bother giving you a decimal. We went from the 2% to the 0.2%. Yes. Damn. Honestly, I don't feel anything after this, but I am more upset that it appears the Yankees are like, you're going to win three straight here. Like, so that the Rays didn't make up any ground. Like, if we're going to get swept, that's fine. But I would prefer that we get swept in service of, of fucking up the Yankees day. Mm. Well, I mean, it keeps them close, at least. Keeps them in striking distance with like what four weeks to go. Um, yeah, I, I, it is what it is at this point. Uh, I, I think it would be much more entertaining. Like, I think it would be a happy pod if, if you know, the Yankees had gotten swept and then you got swept by Tampa. And now Tampa is what that would have put them within two. Yeah. Do they play each other down the stretch? They must. They have to. Yeah, they must. Uh, but oh, yeah. good news. What? Starting the ninth, Friday through uh, Sunday. This weekend? Yep. This weekend, the Rays play the Yankees. Oh, yeah. And at then, Yankee Stadium. At Yankee and Stadium. then we get the Yankees right after that. So Yeah. We gone for it, two? Yeah. That'd be nice if they got swept by the Rays and then the Red Sox kicked the shit out of them in two straight games. Mm. What a time that would be. Mm-hmm. You said you wanted to go to those games, right, Peter? I am going to go to uh, at least the Tuesday. Hopefully okay. the Wednesday. I would like to go to both those, yeah. Mm. Be nice to, to, to knock some, some balls out of the hopper. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the, the main focal point here has to be the Red Sox uh, extending Kike Hernandez. Because there's a lot to take out of that. There's a lot to kind of take out of that. Number one, the Red Sox re-signing Kike Hernandez, if you missed this, one year, $10 million. One year, $10 million to return in 2023. And Maz was hammering this point home big time that the center field market is absolute garbage. So the big thing that came out of this news was Heim Bloom essentially assuring Kike, like, hey, the Red Sox next year, direct quote, are going to be way better. Not just better. Hey, we're going to be better than we were last year. The quote was, Way better. And then Kike had a quote himself where I'm paraphrasing. I don't quite remember what he said, the exact words. But he said something to the effect of, hopefully this is like the first in like a line of things that the Red Sox are going to do. And that basically meant like, hey, fucking sign Devers. Sign Xander. Like, let's figure this shit out. And then we go from there. 
some there was like a caller that called in tonight. It was either a caller or an email. I can't remember both. Um, someone that called up and was like, "Hey, uh, don't you think that this is kind of like the precursor to letting Xander go? Because now, oh like, my if you, God, if you get what? Kike, like you can move Story back to short, and then they're putting Kike at second base." And I was like. I, you need to lay off the weed because, like, I think in terms of uh, outfield help, like that—that's where he's going to go. Like, you think you think the Red Sox are like, hey, everything we saw from Jaron Duran this year—that means he's he's our guy. Like, that's our guy in center field moving forward. No, no. You, like when it comes to Kike, like people don't realize it and everything he went through this year with like that hematoma that was you know the size of a baseball and how painful all that stuff was. Like if you go back and it's kind of buried in an Alex Spear column, he said it was the most painful and like traumatic thing he's ever gone through. He passed out twice while they were draining that thing. Wait, along Yeah, so they had to drain this baseball size hematoma out of the like bottom or the, his lower spine. It was part of the you know he had the hip flexor thing going on all year as well. But what this the was like fuck. The, yeah, this was the core muscle thing, and he was like. You know, the doctor told me when he did it, we usually put people underneath for this. Oh. They never put him underneath for it. He passed out twice. Like, that's how painful and significant it was. Yuke did a good job talking about it on the broadcast today. Just saying, you know, how <clears throat> Kike just didn't look like himself from really the start of the season. He's been hurt with his hip flexor going back to the postseason last year. And, you know, you still look at it. What he did in center field last year, 98th percentile in outfield jump, or excuse me, 100th percentile in 2021. 89th percentile and outs above average in 2021. Like we're talking about elite, elite center field defense. This is not something you're going to find. Listen, Brandon Nimmo has had a very good year all the way around. He's played like 128 games this year, and it's his second most games ever played going back to 2016. Kike was a five win player last year. Yeah. Fourth on the team in war, according to fan graphs at 4.1. I mean, baseball guys had him at 4.9. So there you go. The only guys that were ahead of him, Nate, Xander, Endeavors. So I know people can go and say, well, look at Kike this year. He kind of turned back into this, you know, subpar player. He wasn't healthy. And since he's come back, he looks a lot more like Kike. Two hits tonight, looking pretty good out there. You're not going to find a better option than this in center field on this market. Like the next thing you're talking is Kevin Kiermaier, which that's basically Jackie Bradley Jr. And he's like a little bit better. Exactly. And he's getting up there. Why not bring someone back in Kike who great clubhouse guy still gives you that. Like he's he's a spark plug. He's got the, yeah. the intangibles. He's a character guy, clubhouse guy, intangibles guy. Everybody loves Kike. And like, even if something happens, it's the versatility. Xander goes down. Oh, hey, like we have another way we can kind of piece this roster together. You're just not going to find that in a lot of other places. Proven winner. The dude hit 408 in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I, I kind of forget that. <laughs> like the more removed that we get from the postseason last year, obviously, any postseason run that doesn't end in a championship, you you start to forget the the storylines and the narratives, and you remember the big moments. Like I remember, like the Schwarber Grand Slam, uh, pretty much it. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I remember like that as far as like standout moments. Like I remember like the Schwarber Grand Slam, uh, but Kike just went off. Like that dude was like last hey, year's team feels like my a decade back. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does not like last year doesn't feel like last year. Hell no. Like that playoff run does not feel like last October. That feels like three Octobers ago. 
Uh, I'll be honest, the amount of times I go back and watch that little clip that's made of, you know, some of the high moments uh, with dancing on my own underneath, it legit feels like you're watching something from five or six. And I'll just sit there sometimes and let it repeat. Yeah. One, two, three times. I was like, as much fun as I was having, I don't feel like you ever actually appreciate it as much until you're dealing with what we dealt with the last couple of days or really this season. If you go back and watch highlights from 2021, It'll trick your brain into thinking that that team won the World Series. <laughs> like in my that, heart, they did. Yeah, like that's that's how likable that team was. Uh, you know, like they had moments. They had moments. They had a theme. Like that's all it. all the great championship teams in Boston always have some sort of theme. It's like, oh yeah, like yeah, that idiots. team felt like it was sort of destined. To, to, yeah. to, to at least make it to the World Series. So right. like I was stunned when they didn't. Yeah, I thought that I mean, one like, Even that, 2018. That 2018 was only fucking like four years ago. And that feels like that team was a fucking century ago. I'm yeah. sure it doesn't help that like a bunch of those guys just aren't here anymore. But that was four years ago. Hmm. Even like thinking like next year is going to be 10 years to 2013. Like it's been a, it's going to be a decade since the 2013 World Series, a decade since we saw baby Bogarts come up and like be a part of that playoff team. Like my brain can't even comprehend those kind of things anymore. I, I, I mean, like it all also doesn't fucking help that like a two year span in those four years felt like a decade. <laughs> like, Time got so fucked. Time got so fucked up for like two years. Yeah. So like that 2018 team really does feel like it was like a, a decade ago. I can't even think about it. I mean, 2013 being 10 years ago like that, that bugs me out big time. Just like I can still I can still put myself in 2013. Like I. I I was there for a lot of that. Like my life, my life was so different in 2013. It was nothing like what it is now. Nothing. I think. I think Jared the other day on Twitter, I was looking for like 2013 clips, and I saw that clip of you watching the ALDS. I think. Yeah. It, and you're just like going nuts watching it. I was like, holy shit, man! Like I remember seeing that clip back then, and I was yeah. like, oh, you know, like this is crazy. Ten years fucking later. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was during the division series. That was what Sox base. Yeah, yeah. I was literally in my childhood bedroom, uh, watching. I think it was game three. Of the division series, it was the game that they lost. It was the game that the Rays like hit like a walk off home run. It's like off a of Koji of all fucking people that year. Um, and I'm just like I can't sit still, going nuts. And the girl that I was dating was just like taking like that was like our first postseason together. So she was just like filming me like a goddamn zoo animal. She's like, I don't know what this is all about. Uh, yeah, thirteen. I mean, that's crazy to me that that was 10 years ago. 18 being four years, like that feels right. But at the same time, I go back and, and like I actually did it today because I was like, I was getting my hair cut and uh, I was explaining to the girl that does my hair. I was like, yeah, like sometimes 
like she's like what do you guys have coming up i was like well we're doing this like september 23rd like we got this uh like watch party and she's like, like a live show and i was like no it's not quite like a live show it's like more like a meet and greet type deal just like hanging out watching the game and she's like but like you've like what bar is it at? i was like cask and flagon she's like have you ever done anything there before so i took out my phone and i scrolled to like the video of the first ever section 10 live show which was at the cask and then like i'm showing her this video and i'm like in my head i'm like i fucking miss that shit <laughs> like that was like out of all the things that we do like we do videos we do podcasts and you know tv stuff radio stuff like all kinds of stuff like the the that's why it's so hard to describe the job. Like, what do you do? Like, what do you do for work? I'm like, a bunch of shit. Like, I do a ton of different stuff. Like, none of it's really... Like, a lot of it's the same, but it's all pretty different. But the thing that I think I love doing the most is is the live shows in front of, like, like a Section 10 audience. Like, they're fucking nuts. And we've only really done ever, like, four or five of them ever. But the ones that we have done, the people have come out and... It's fucking nuts. Like I always compare it to like uh they're like mini Motley Crue concerts. Like people people fucking know the words to the ad reads. Like I would just I would be doing off the top of my head I, I like know the sock signatures <laughs> ad read and I would just drop it in there and like people would sing the fucking ad deal back to you in the crowd and i just found out recently like jake was at the kowloon live show last year yeah i feel like i told you that pretty late into the game (laughs) yeah you didn't even tell me he stalked his way into the fucking mix and then was like oh yeah by the way yeah we (laughs) like i found this out when we were in chicago i was like out with like a bunch of his friends for his birthday and they were like, yeah, like Jake didn't want to say anything, but he actually met you in LA during the World Series in 2018. Like he met you way before he was like on the show. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, he was at the live show at Kowloon last summer too. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like Jake just like never said anything. Like that's that. So you, was that the only live show that you've ever been to, Jake? I went to a watch party at Game On before, but I think that was the only legit live show I've been to. Okay. Yeah. I mean, all we need is the Red Sox to be good. If the Red Sox are good, we can have the live shows and they're a good fucking time. But I mean, Jesus Christ, they were. It was it was something. It was something. So that's my goal. And, and it sucks that I can't personally do anything about that. There's nothing that I can do to make the Red Sox better. I just have to sit here and take Bloom at his word that uh, Kike said he promised him the Red Sox will be way better in 2023. Way better. I don't know how you can promise that, but I mean, Kike, I I think that they've kind of had each other by the balls in a way where, you know, Kike loves Cora. And the Red Sox were the first team to be like, hey, man, like we're we'll play you every day. Like the Dodgers didn't play you every day. We'll, we'll give you a spot to play every single day. And surely there are going to be other teams that would have signed Kike and given him a chance to play every day. Um, but there has to be some sort of like, I guess, loyalty factor to, to Cora. And he said his family loved Boston and 
the uh, somewhat close proximity to Puerto Rico. Can't overestimate the importance of just having your shit here, too. Yeah. Yeah, that, like that would suck. Moving is the worst. The worst. Even if you're rich and you've got people to do that shit for you, it still fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like, I've, I've moved probably four times in, like, the last five years. Yeah, same. And I, I've had movers every time, so I haven't had to deal with the bullshit of my own moves. But anytime that my friends move, they're like, hey, can you help? So I've, I've, I haven't had to deal with the bullshit of my own moves. But when anyone else moves, like, sure, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I literally, like, one of my friends moved last weekend. I had to, like, uh, lift a fucking couch up four flights of stairs and then build a bed <laughs> with an Allen wrench. Fucking like, worst. I've moved like four times in the past five years too. Maybe more, like five times in the past five years. And I've never gotten movers. And it's just every uh, time every time I'm like, I'm gonna get movers next time and I never do it. What do you do? You use a fucking U-Haul? No, I mean I have a truck, so like I just make a bunch of trips. See, this sounds like hell. I'm moving out of my like childhood home like over the next couple months right now. And it's like I've never had to pick up anything. Like we're clearing out the basement, we're clearing out the garage. I got everything in my room. I don't even know. I can't even imagine how long it's going to take. Like we've set up at least like two months of just straight clearing out different rooms. Mm. You moving in with your you baby girl? I'm actually not. Mm. Not yet. That that's the uh, the next step. Oh, she's probably pissed. Yep. She's oh. probably pissed that you're moving out, but not in with her, right? Listen, you know, no, that's because a yes. not after she listened to the last podcast, hey. she was like, I'm not cleaning up those fucking socks. That's true. Listen, Good that point. was a younger Tyler Milliken. <laughs> I've matured greatly since no, then. I don't think so. There's not as much need for socks as there was back at that time in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, once it makes financial sense, that'll be the next move. Right. We're on the come up right now. Makes way more financial sense. Hey, you're saving money. To move in with a partner. That's yeah. what I've found. Yeah. It's way cheaper. Do people live in that house with you, Pete? No. No. But like previously. Oh. Can yeah. I move in that house? Sure can. Do you have any room? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I might just I might just like rent out a room and sleep there on Wednesdays so that I don't have to drive to Walton. You literally could have an extra bedroom here. This might actually be my new plan. Yeah. Just a fucking name redacted podcast room with like bunk beds. Yeah. You have a sports hub trap house. (laughs) Oh, please. Yeah. Uh, Adam Jones was here today. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. At your place? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, They came over the the movie uh, thing. Yeah. Oh. We had a podcast and he was like, this is great. Hung out at my place for like a few hours before heading into work. I will say I don't agree with a single thing Jones says, especially about the Red Sox. Not a single damn thing. Mm-hmm. But that's, he that's is his my intention. favorite. <laughs> of course, he's my favorite personality at the sports hub. <laughs> he's so no good one is at better at being does. the villain. <laughs> Nobody is better than him. Oh, he loves it. the vulture. Yeah, he <laughs> he loves being the bad guy, which I have when to I, respect. Yeah, during 2021, when I was you know pushing my high bloom narratives and everything he would wait because i used to do the overnights back then uh so i'd come in and he was always working up until midnight 
And he would wait until the last segment every single night if the Red Sox got shit on the night, you know, Barnes got t- or taken out against the Blue Jays and walked off and it was hell. He was waiting for me the minute I came in that night so he could do 15 minutes just railing on me every <laughs> single time. Did he at least uh, invite you on the air for this or did he just oh. like want to like accost you through the glass? Oh, no, no. I'd start. I'd get on the road at 11 p.m. and he'd taunt me each segment, 1130 or 1115, 1130. I'd get there at 1145 and then I'd sit down for the last 15 and he'd do it to my face. We need to get Jones back on. I feel like we had him on in 2015, Pete. I don't remember. If, I think he's we did, definitely been on. If we did, it wasn't. I don't think it was when I was on the show. Or no, it, it was. It, it was like a phoner. I think. Oh, okay. Because I was gonna say this is the first time I met him in person. Yeah, I think it was a phoner, but I'm quite positive that we had him on the podcast. Pro, it makes sense. I mean, we went on a tear with fucking Boston media personalities. Yeah. Having fucking like Kirkman in my basement. That's wild. That like knowing Kirk. Now he would absolutely never come that to my he house. came to your basement. Yeah. yeah. That is insane. That just seems like the last thing in the world that Kirk would agree to do. If you if you even propose that to him at this point, he would like fucking laugh you all the way out of the country. I don't I don't if Not I you, asked me. him <laughs> I think if, if I asked Kirk to come to my apartment to do a podcast, he'd be here in 20 minutes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. He'd laugh me all the way out of the country. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I think, I think the days of of Kirk making the trek to Waltham, Massachusetts, to uh, do a podcast in your basement are over. But I don't know. There, there's the forbidden door right now. There's, the basement's getting the, redone, by the way. Uh, Alan Craig Studios under formerly Alan Craig Studios under renovation, with uh, with the intention of turning it back into. A partial studio. Didn't you turn it into like a like a like a diner set? Yeah, that was for brunch for a little bit, and then you got rid of that. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, I mean, it's still like the the bones of that is still it still exists downstairs, but now it's like essentially just storage. Yeah, you need to fix that. Yeah. I think I think we're working on the studio here soon. I told yeah. I told DraftKings I was like we need to we need to fire this bad Larry up for the playoffs. Like I need I need like a nice little set going on over here, and I think that's the plan. I think we're I have an idea of what I want, and I think we're we're going to be executing that at some point because I have I have a few different ideas for off season content. I actually texted Jake about one of the ideas today. That wasn't even my idea. It was just a Twitter suggestion. But I was like, honestly, this is a great idea. I think it'd be very funny. The fucking hiccup, man. One per show. One per show. Uh, a, a 2003 Saugus Little League World Series. Where are they now? <laughs> We had uh, Peter. We have a mutual friend that was on that team. We sure and um, he was the first person that I texted. And he he definitely wants it to happen. Of course he does. Yeah, he was a Saugus Mall cop. That uh, 
he he has a video for one of the 2003 and this is all going to be included if we do this documentary i might even save this story yeah i might save this story but it is a it's a very funny sounds fake but i know that it's real because i've seen it story he's actually been on this podcast before i think he came on with me coley and steve once in like 2018 i forget why like the the person that we both know yeah really yeah (laughs) wow i forget why but he came on really he he thought that like he didn't realize that he was being recorded either (laughs) yeah he came on and i know i was sitting at my desk in new york city so but yeah yeah he's got i have a funny story about uh him from like the past year uh, when I went to L.A. and I was a guest of the L.A. Kings at a game, he happened to be at the same game, and he came down to visit me in the section that I, w- I was in, and he didn't realize that it was like the players, family, and friends section, and was sitting behind like the families of all the L.A. Kings, and as soon as he sits down, it's just like, fuck you player x and y and, and <laughs> oh just screaming and like all the wives just turn around and they're like what the who the fuck is this guy <laughs> and i was like i was like dude you can't be doing that like you you i i, I was like i was like it's on me that i didn't tell you mm. but like you didn't even give me a fucking second to tell no. you before you like after you sat down you immediately started just screaming at players yeah. and uh yeah he he got kicked out of the section <laughs> yeah that doesn't surprise me no he's been kicked out of that's not his first time getting kicked out of something it won't be his last no um but football fans the first sunday of the nfl season is here is it really this sunday yes sir this sunday's week one who the patriots playing the dolphins yep correct nfl season opens today thursday Mm mm-hmm Who's playing Thursday Night Football? Jake. No one knows? Bills Rams. Bills Rams. I just saw Mitch Trubisky QB1 for the Steelers. (laughs) I'm I'm for that. I like Mitch Trubisky. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, me too. He seems like a good guy. For for real. I'm more of a Nickelodeon MVP. Yeah, fuck yeah, Mitch Trubisky. You do that. Um, The first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. That seems like an impossible to lose deal. I guess. Unless your team sucks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared to get $200 and free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's promo code Jared, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. 
Um, Christian, uh, why did I say Christian? Tristan Cassis. I was thinking of Christian Yelich, uh, who hit a 499 foot home run the other night, which is awesome. That must not feel like anything. If you hit a home run 499 feet, that must just feel like swinging through the air. Which, by the way, Jake, that uh, that virtual reality thing that I got, is that for this show or baseball's dead? I think it's for both, like over the next couple months. Oh, you ever see that thing on TikTok where you have like the fucking virtual reality goggles and then it gives you like the, the, the bat and shit? Oh, my God. Is it like actually legit? Yes. Oh, that showed up. I I had a package yesterday. I'm walking to go get my coffee, and uh, girl at the desk is like, "You have you have a package?" And I was like, "No, I don't." She's like, "No, no, no, you do." Like I didn't order anything. She's like, "Well, here it is." She hands it to me. I was like, "I don't know what the fuck this is." I walk upstairs, open it up. There it is. I get the fucking goggles. I get the little sticks. And then it's got an attachment to make a bat out of it. So I'm probably going to be in the big leagues, dude. I don't know how long I'm going to be. Actually, you know what? I would still do the podcast if I was in the big leagues. I would just do once a week instead of twice a week. I wouldn't want to give that up. But I mean, if if I'm just like training my eye to be able to catch up to a 99 mile an hour fastball with some, some arm side run on it, then... Next thing you know, I'm going to be in the big leagues. So I saw uh, it was Blaze Jordan. He's like super into this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen him do a bunch of the commercials and stuff and he's posted all on YouTube. Yeah. But a lot of those guys like that's, you know, there's driveline and everything for pitchers. It feels like that's like the next thing for hitters. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and apparently we're going to be doing some ads for them. And this sounds like a free ad, but. I mean, you're going to send me the fucking thing. You know how many times that we've done an ad read in like the last eight years where it's like, hey, you got this ad read and they're going to tell you to use it. And like, well, I, I need it. I'm not one of those guys. I, I will tell you right now that I'm caught up as of, as of me saying this. I don't think I've ever done an ad read for something that I didn't actually try or use because I refuse to be that person. So anytime that there's been actually, you know what? That that's what got me like a free fucking uh Sonos. My Playbase, oh, my oh, surround yeah. town, and my subwoofer. We were doing uh ad reads for them back in like 2017. And I was like, dude, I can't I can't talk about how awesome this sound is unless unless I can hear this fucking sound. You know what I mean? So they hooked it up. Shout out yeah, to Sonos I'll try, I still like, have all that stuff. Anything that gets sent to me for free. There was one exception. There was one time like this company sent me. Uh, have you ever heard of Kratom? No. They sent me Kratom. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I, I don't have no idea what this is. And I Googled it. And it was like, yeah, it's like a heroin substitute. And uh-huh. I was like, what? Yeah, it's it's like a, it's like legitimately like a like an opioid substitute. Why would it, why would that be legal? It shouldn't be. It's so just like be. a is this a way to like legally wean off of it? Maybe. Maybe it's like how I've you heard, get into I've it. heard other podcasts <laughs> do the read for this company that sent me this shit and they were like, "Yeah, this is like heroin." <laughs> and they were like, "We tried it. 
Like I threw one of the guys was like I threw up after taking it. And <laughs> he was like, hell? I threw up and it was like black. Like I had jet black puke after I took this. And like he said that in the middle of the read, which was so fucking funny. <laughs> like, Jeez. way to sell this shit. But yeah, I, I, I like refused to try it and I refused to do the read for it. I was like, I'm not doing this. That's wild. I still have it here. Should I do it during I t- the episode? I typed in <laughs> Kratom withdrawal and it gave me the national helpline. It's the first go. thing that popped up <laughs> at the very top. Yeah. Help is available. Speak with someone today. Jesus Christ. I just Googled it. Uh, I just Googled Kratom. The first result is Kratom. Unsafe and ineffective. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely unsafe. Yeah. Anything that's like a heroin substitute, I feel like that's probably... You probably want to like skip that. (laughs) It can't be cheaper, so what's the point of it? Yeah. Well, it was was definitely cheaper because it was free when they sent it to me. (laughs) Did you get your your SIGs, Pete? I didn't. I actually got an email yesterday. I ordered my SIGs and mm-hmm. they emailed me and they were like, yeah, we're out of the kind that you ordered. We can replace it with this kind. So I said, yes. Yeah. And they're sending me the, the ones that you have. We should smoke them together. Hell yeah. Uh, I just got a really funny DM that it's going to sound like a humble brag, but it's just actually really funny. Jake, Jake actually texted us today about uh, the World Baseball Classic in uh, Miami. And so we're going to be there. I haven't, I don't think that we made that like public or anything. Um, But I, I, have you seen the video blooper, the Braves, the the Braves mascot playing football against like a bunch of like children. And he's just like fucking throwing like stiff arms and tackling kids and everything. So I tweeted that out and said the Braves since June 1st, because that's, they've had the best record in baseball since then. And uh, so like, this video of blooper just like fucking dominating and everything. I tweeted that out 57 minutes ago. And then I just got this DM on Twitter from a woman who sent me that tweet of blooper uh, dominating on the football field. And she goes on to say, what I, what I want you to do to my pussy when you're in Miami for the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. What does that even mean? He wants the stiff arm. I don't, th- I don't, what does that mean, Pete? That's fucking, you can't deliver? She, it means she wants you to fist her. I don't think that that's what that means. <laughs> Do you think that that's what that means? No, I think it, she just means you, it means she just wants you to beat it up. First of all, and Jake can attest to this, I'm a man of Christ. So yeah. nothing, nothing will be happening to if that. You don't, if you don't think that Jesus fucked, you're out of control. <laughs> he might have. <laughs> He absolutely fucked. Definitely. Maybe. I mean, he had abs for days. That's so what I'm saying. The like, temptation was definitely there. Jesus hmm. fucked for sure. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Honestly, that's what I'm arriving on is how are you going <laughs> to how are you going to take a video of a, a mascot throwing stiff arms on a football field and say, do that to my vagina? Just respond and just say you need Jesus. That's what Jesus would do. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're not wrong. That was the Red do? Sox, right? He would Tristan Cassis. Cassis. God. Listen, we have I to just like put this to bed. It, like it's, that. it bothers me. It really it's, does it's bother me. Tristan Cassis sounds way better than Tristan Cassis. 
Like you have to like try to say Casas. I have a mental gymnastic I do with myself now because Beetle has a very big thing about this. Uh, so Tristan Casas, right? Christian Cos is another Red Sox prospect, much lower. But every time I think of Tristan Casas, I think of him. And then I pronounce the name like that. And I just picture it with a K. That's my way to pronounce it right, or at least close to right, every single no, time. No, this is a case where uh, majority rules, and everybody is going to mispronounce it forever, and he's yeah. just going to have to accept it, and that's his name now. You know what? It's it, like, you know what it reminds me of, and why it pisses me off is it's like you sound like a fucking asshole if you call a vase a vase, a vase, yeah, a vase, a vase. Like that's what it sounds like. It's like. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it's like most people will be like, "Yeah, it's Tristan Cassis," and they're like, "Actually, it's Cassis." <laughs> like, it, no, yeah, it sounds like, like you're mocking somebody. Yeah, yeah, Tristan Cassis. Oh, you know what? You, show meme. We got to do the uh, the Winnie the Pooh meme <laughs> where he's dressed normally and it's Tristan Cassis, and then it's uh, Winnie the Pooh wearing the tuxedo with the monocle, and it's Tristan Cassis. Cassis. Uh, the biggest story. Coming into this podcast, I can't believe that I just completely forgot about it. Oh, that ball. fucking guy mm-hmm. that was holding the ball hostage. Jordan Brazier. And I don't know who this this woman was that was in my mentions all day today. Had to be like a friend or a relative or so, like you. She had to have known him personally. But she was just defending anyone Anyone that said anything about this dude in my mentions, including coming at me, um, she tweeted this interview with MLB.com at me like 6,000 times today. Like, oh, you didn't read the article? Oh, you didn't read the details? Oh, blah, 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 blah. You didn't hear the story directly from him? He's actually a really great guy. Like, yeah, I, I no, don't, he sounds no. like a fucking ass. Like, aren't you going to apologize? Is this tweet still up? Yikes. You should delete it. Like, why is it still up there? You're really just going to like keep echoing these sentiments to the, to the thousands of people spreading misinformation about this individual. <laughs> Shut the it's, fuck there's something, up. There's something shady going on with this situation. This guy, not a big baseball fan, whatever it may be, drove two and a half hours to this game. Not a Rays fan, whatever. By himself. He was at the game on Sunday as well against the Yankees. And he also went by himself and drove two and a half hours. And supposedly he's engaged. This woman, by the way, I don't know how credible this woman is. This woman was saying he lives in a mansion. He's no, a, he doesn't. You know, and, and he, he's saying, a drug mule. That's what, that's my theory. He's a drug mule. That's the only reason to be, be driving two and a half hours. Anything. I don't know like what he is. Going to raise games. So he's a, he was... At the Rays game, wearing a Rays jersey with a Rays hat with a White Sox shirt underneath. And I can confirm that he's a baseball fan because someone sent me his full government name. And then I found him on Twitter and his profile picture is him at a White Sox game wearing White Sox shit. So I was like, okay, I was like, I don't, I don't need to like, he just was holding onto a ball for a couple seconds. Like we don't need to put this guy's whole life on blast. No, I, I, I don't want to overreact, but I hope he dies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't, I can't, I can't agree. I mean, I, I was very perturbed by this to the point where like even Red Sox fans were starting to turn on me because I was tweeting about this fucking idiot so much that they were like, dude, we get it. We get it. He sucks. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't think you get how much he sucks. So for anyone that missed the game, Tristan Casas 
hits his first big league home run. It lands in the lap of, of this Ryan Brazier looking motherfucker out there. And he's wearing a Rays jersey. He's wearing a Rays hat, but he has a White Sox shirt underneath, whatever. So then they send out security or whatever. Or no, first they send out what fucking DJ Kit- Kitty? Kitty? Yeah. Kitty Cat? <laughs> the what the fuck's his name? DJ Kitty. It's DJ Kitty. DJ Kitty goes out there. DJ mascot. And he's not even laughing. Like he's not even like in on the joke. Like obviously this is a joke that the Rays mascot will be negotiating for the baseball. He's not laughing. He's just like, nope. No, no, no. Nope. Not giving it up. Nope. But then they obviously send over real security. The real security goes over there and he's still negotiating with them. And I get like people tweeting me being like, well, wouldn't you do the same? Like, wouldn't you try and get something out of it? I'm just letting you know from not firsthand experience, but I know people that have caught balls that players wanted. And all, almost all of them have just handed the ball over and they'll hook you up after that. Like, it's not like, thanks for the ball. See you the fuck later, loser. Bye. Like, they'll take the ball and like it, whoever hit the home run, they'll meet them after the game. Here's a signed bat. Here's a signed ball. Here's some tickets. Blah, 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 blah. Like that always happens regardless of if you hold on to it like for ransom or if you just give it over, like whatever. So then there were people like, well, you know, obviously like, you know, it's going to cost like he could get a fuck ton of money for that baseball. Not if it's not authenticated. Like anyone could just take a fucking major league baseball, rub some dirt in it and be like, this is Tristan Cass's first big league home run. Oh, do you have any proof? No. Can I have $25,000 for it? Uh, No. No, you can't. So if it's not authenticated, don't mean shit. Then someone's like, well, what if what if he makes it into the Hall of Fame someday? That's going to be worth a lot of money. Okay, so if this guy's 40 years old and after he plays a 20-year big league career and then he goes into the Hall of Fame, all right, cool. When he is like 60 years old, he can make some pretty good money off an auction. That'll be great if you just want to hang on to it. Or... Uh, you can just fucking give him his ball back because it's his first big league home run. Right. And like, you can say that like, about fucking any player too. Like like it, guys always get their first ball, like first home run balls, first hits, whatever. Like they always get them back. Any of those players could potentially become fucking Hall of Fame players 20 years down the line. You're, you're going to have to wait 20 years and you're going to have to fucking hope that there's a very small percentage of this guy gets into the Hall of Fame. Take your chances of being a good fucking human. Don't make it about yourself and give it back. The only reason to keep something hostage if it, it is if it is a milestone in the moment. If it's a milestone in the moment and you have an immediate windfall, then you can hold on to it and be like, okay, I'm going to get my worth for this. But like, don't fucking keep something hostage with the hope that it, that it becomes worth something someday. So, Pete, like your exception is when Jeter hit his 3,000th hit. It was a home yeah, run, like right? Bonds, and that was like the what? whole fan situation. Yeah. yeah, like if it's if it's that situation. I think that I think guy gave on, it right back too. the Jeter 3,000 guy. I think he had the best explanation. He was like, yeah, I caught Jeter's 3,000th home run or 3,000th hit that was a home run. Um, yeah, I gave it right back to him. Like I just, you know, that doesn't belong to me like that. That should be his. Same thing with the, the your first home run. Someone was like, really? Like an, a professional athlete needs a little ball. Blah, blah, blah. It's his first home run. And most of these guys, I was going to make this point. Most of these guys will like give that to someone like a coach or their parents or whatever. Like Tristan's mother, I believe, passed away and he gave the ball to his dad. Like it, it was like, it's like, oh, the athlete needs his ball back. It's like, no, he gave he gave the fucking ball to his dad. 
So and his whole family was at the game. Like th- this was his homecoming, basically. Like his, in front of his, his whole family, family was friends. at the game, aka like they had like a thirty percent chance of catching the ball anyway. True. Like, would you always just give it back no matter what? Like, if you caught, like, even say Judge, like Judge hits like a uh, like a record breaking home run at the that's end of the different sixty two. I think. I think what do you mean that's like, different? I think a, a first big league homer. You give that back no matter what. No, like you're not, yeah, no, no, no. That's what that's what records, I just said. Records is different, like because only because, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna, you can't sell Tristan Cassis's first big league home run like right now and like that's what gonna, I that's what I just said. I said unless it's a, unless it's like a, an immediate milestone, an immediate like if you catch judges ticket. sixty seconds, like I mean, yeah. for what I would do, uh. I don't know, like, if someone, if, because usually when it was like McGuire and Bonds, like leading up to it because it was such a big deal, it would be on Sports Center. They're like, oh, like the experts estimate that McGuire's 62nd home run ball could fetch at least $500,000 in an auction. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's the case, then yeah, like for $500,000, I'm sure right. a lot of people would be like, yeah, I want to fucking sell it great you should do that right yeah i think it it becomes like the like the the product of expectation really where it's like it's not really making it about you if you keep one of those because i think most people would do that yeah in 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 the most people would scenario a record people would sell that a rookie's first big league homer give it back like that's his Mm -hmm. fucking ball yeah right and and like that's also the a case of like there's a good chance that if, if if you catch like one of those one of those like milestone balls, like that's that's life changing money for a lot of people. Yeah. And for anybody. I'm not gonna judge anybody for like not wanting to to give back life give away life changing money, uh, especially when it's a fucking baseball. But like the guy at the Rays game with the Casas home run, like that was him just making it about himself and making a power play. And you're a dickhead. You're just being a dickhead for the sake of it. Yeah, like he what was he, he didn't even know who Tristan Casas was. He didn't right. know who Rafael Devers was. No, when when they asked him, they were like, "Yeah, Bogarts is going to sign something for me." And then he was like, "And then another player, and this then girl, another player, this girl that was like coming at me for she's like, you better retract your statement." Like he tried to give the ball back, and they said to hold on to it. No, that definitely did not happen. No they, the, if the, if the team went to him and was like, "Hey, can we have the baseball?" and he he was like, yeah, I want to give it to you. They're like, whoa, 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 don't give it to us. What? Of course. They're like, yeah, hey, they, it's, they, it's they Tristan's sent, first they big league homer. They sent all the way to the outfield to say, we don't want it. <laughs> yeah, they, they sent it over there just to be like, hey, keep that in your pocket. We need to negotiate what we're going to give you for that. Okay? You hold on keep to it. that because you can fuck us with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course. Like, he even said, because like fucking uh, Jemai did the interview for Nessin. And on Nessin, this guy said, well, I just, you know, I want to see what I could get for it. I just want to see. I just want to see what I get. It's like, no, he didn't try. He, he wasn't like, hey, you know what? Take it. You know, for, congrats, say congrats to him. And, uh, you know, if I can get some tickets out of this, this would be really cool. You know what they should have done? They should have been like, yeah, cool. Uh, m- meet a... Meet us in the parking lot after the game, <laughs> and uh, there'll be a bunch of pl- there, there'll him. be a bunch of players just waiting <laughs> waiting to give you their autographs, and then Casas <laughs> just beats the fuck out of him and leaves him on the pavement. 
Yeah. That should that should have been the deal. Yeah. That's the last guy who I'd want to like take something special, a moment <laughs> like that. You watch him walk up. What is he, six five, and he's just looking down at you? It was just even the way he said it, like compared to the TV interview. So I listened to the interview he did with Rob Bradford. He was like, all I wanted to do was to walk down the dugout and or walk down to the dugout and hand it to him. I just I wanted to like say, here you go, man. Congratulations. And just that's what the they guy wouldn't said? let me. That's what he claimed. He was like, what? no one would he let didn't me. He didn't even they know who s- he was. Exactly. He kept like, like Jared said, the TV interview. And then he did the Bradford interview completely different. And then yeah. he like tried to make it like kind of like weird. He was like, yeah, like, you know, I go to a community college in Orlando and I always wanted to be in sports management, but it didn't really work out for me. So he's like, now I want to be a gym teacher at an elementary school. Maybe it didn't work out for him because he's a fucking dickhead. <laughs> it was it was weird. Very weird vibes from the end. Yeah, he definitely switched up because like people, people literally were tagging me in the Bradford interview being like, you got to retract your statement, man. Like you got to retract what you said about him. He's not a loser. He's actually seems like he's a really good guy. It's like, no, I think that he sees his phone blowing up and all yeah, the attention that's on control. him right now. And he's trying to make the most of this opportunity. Uh because the first interview that he gave was on Nesson. And he's like, yeah, I'm like I want to see what I can get for this ball. Like, And there's nothing it, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Like, I'm not saying that every fan who catches a first big league homer should just hand over the ball. But like, don't be a fucking dick about it. Like, don't hold it hostage. Because now, like, I think someone, someone I know uh, caught Pedroia's 100th career homer or something like that. And, uh, they they came for the ball and they were like, yeah, like, take it, take it. And then like they got to meet Pedroia after the game and he like talked to them for like 10 minutes and like signed a bunch of shit for them or whatever. Uh, so like it's you make it awkward when you hold it hostage to be like, well, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. What's in it for what's in it for Brad Brazier? Like, like <laughs> and then. And, and, and then he gives it back. And now, like, if you're Tristan Cassis, do you want to meet this guy? No, no. definitely. Not. Hell no. No. Or beat I don't the fuck wanna... out of him in the parking lot. And leave yeah, Bogarts. Yeah, thanks for the fucking ball, dude. Bogarts looked disgusted signing that ball in the dugout when the TV, like, flipped over to him. He looked sick to his stomach. Yeah. I don't know. My, my theory is I think he did know who Tristan Cassis was. And I think he went Sunday hoping he'd get Peraza or something like that. Hoping maybe that first homer or something. It's just weird. There's no way someone who's not that into baseball went to two games within four days, drove two and a half hours both times by himself, and Do then think- doesn't know who Tristan Casas is. It just it doesn't add up. You can't be that big of a fan. Do you think that he's one of those like fucking freak autograph hounds? Wouldn't be surprised. If he was, I would expect him to actually keep the ball. Like not a Zach Campbell kind of situation. Not yeah. if you can trade it for a bunch of autographs. Yeah, but I mean, like, what the cash value of True. the ball is worth more than a Bogarts Endeavors signed ball and a Cassis bat, which I believe is what he walked away with. And like the Rays, like, kicked in some tickets to like up that value to like another seven dollars. I don't know. The adult autograph people freak me the fuck out. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I'm not like a huge memorabilia guy anymore. Like when I was in high school, my entire bedroom walls were covered in signed eight by tens by like Red Sox players. Like that was like my hobby was like collected like Red Sox eight by tens. And then I put them 
going around the room in chronological order. Uh, now, now if I get autographs, it's like, it's like a sentimental thing. Like I showed you the, like Kevin Pawecki gave me one of his bats and he like made it out to me. Uh, uh, Travis Shaw, when he was in Milwaukee and they, he, he wore like mayor ding dong city for players weekend on his back. Uh, he like signed one of those jerseys and said, Hey, thanks for the nickname. And then he like, I have shit like that. Uh, no, like, I don't think that like autographs, like adults possessing autographs is inherently weird. I, no. I'm more talking about the autograph hounds who are yes, adults that's what I mean. who are like outside the hotel overpowering kids like at the red carpet. That right. kid that was there, that grown ass man that was like jumping all over uh, mm-hmm. uh, like kids or whatever. Yeah. But and it like like for the purpose of, of basically just like selling it. Not not for any purpose for themselves, like right. just to to make a buck and just to be a vulture. That you those guys, people are freaks. You guys ever been to one of those like autograph conventions before, like where where you get all of them kind of huddled together trying to either collect or sell off all their different <laughs> stuff? No, I, I will say in the last couple of years, I've been surrounded by a person that is very, very deep in that lane and the links they will go to following people around outside of these places to their cars knowing like hearing a conversation oh yeah we're gonna go grab dinner there reserving a table at that place making sure your table's within their vicinity and then acting like you ran into them so you could get an autograph at that moment i will say that is a thing you hear commonly that people do to chase down others and kind of go that route it's that makes my spine want to just fall out of my asshole it's sickening And the weird part is all of them are so proud of it and they'll flex it all over Facebook, all over their social media is like this was some great treasure they just pulled off. Mm. Yeah, fuck that guy. That guy sucked. Yeah, that guy sucks. And and the people that were trying to defend him suck too. I don't care. That guy. like, Why do you care so much? Why do you care about someone? I'm like, because I mean, in the back of my head. I had a feeling I don't I've only I mean, we met I met Cassis once and we interviewed him once. Like we're not friends. Like I don't know him at all. I just had a feeling that he was going to be one of those guys that gives the ball to like his dad or like someone like I didn't think he was going to keep the ball. I think I just had a feeling that he was going to give it to someone. So that's why I was like, give him the fucking ball back. Like. It's not about, oh, it's a baseball. You can just buy a baseball at the store. Not your first home run in the big leagues. No. And when you're one of your big things is, oh, I'm happy and viral in Boston. Like now everyone knows who I am, dude. Like nobody fucking likes you. No like, one it, likes it's you. not cool that you went viral. You're just like you're trying to turn a moment that belongs to someone else into your moment. Which is just so cringe. It's sad. It's like, dude, do something with yourself that gives you that exposure. Don't be the dude who's trying to take a baseball and go that route about it and pull off whatever heist he thought he was going to get. Like, you're at the trop, dude. You're at the trop. Grow up. This is so cringe. <clears throat> Made my fucking skin crawl. Um, shout out to the listeners of uh, the Name Redacted Podcast, America's Most Beloved Podcast, Most Downloaded Red Sox Podcast in the World. A lot of people have been sending in pictures of them drinking their their Blue Moons. I saw one on the Section 10 Reddit. 
<clears throat> I had people, I had people tag me and stuff on Instagram. I get messaged on Twitter about it and people being like, you know what? My blue moon intake has gone up ex- exponentially since they came on board with uh, the name Redactopod. And uh, that means a lot. When you support our sponsors, that makes the sponsors happy. That makes DraftKings happy. That makes us happy. Everyone's happy. And I know that you'll be happy when you're drinking a blue moon because how could you not be? Because baseball and beer go hand in hand. And Blue Moon is the perfect stadium companion with its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, iconic orange slice ritual, and authentic ballpark roots. In fact, Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first created at the Sandlot Brewery in Denver, Colorado. From the first pitch to extra innings, a Blue Moon guarantees a one-of-a-kind beer experience every single time. Uh, Pete, are you a, are you like a midweek beer guy? What did you say? Are you a midweek beer guy or do you leave it just for the weekends? Like when you go to that Red Sox Yankees game on Tuesday, are you going to be having Blue Moons or are you drinking right now? I only drink on the weekends. <laughs> Respect. <sighs> <laughs> only on the weekends. Okay. <clears throat> but w- will you have a uh, Blue Moon at the game on Tuesday? Of course. But that's a Tuesday. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like your tone. I'm just asking. They're your rules. I'm just asking. <clears throat> I don't have any rules. I like beer. All right. Well, Blue Moon's on Tuesday. It is. Yeah. From its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian white is one of a kind beer that's made brighter. Carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Why strike out with the same old beer when you get something that's one of a kind? Best served with a signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful hazy color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Break out of your same old beer slump. Blue moon, Belgian white. It's one of a kind. Every time. Get Blue Moon Belgian White delivered by visiting get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared to see your delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden Colorado Ale. Let me ask you guys a question. When Heim Bloom tells Kike Hernandez, I promise, I promise, Scout's Honor, the Red Sox are going to be way better next year. Way better. Do you believe him? Tyler? Yes. You do? I do. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, I think what he said to Kike, I think the entire handling, reading about how, you know, they, Spear went all the way back to the all-star break saying when they first started talking, but the fact they talked at the deadline Stalled out, talked at the end of the month, started making progress, and it ultimately led to this deal that the Red Sox up their deal to get this done. It tells me that, yeah, if you think going over the luxury tax this year, you know, and now they're going to take a step back from that because of how it all played out and they don't feel like they can compete at that level that they need to really kind of reset and go back to 2021. I don't think that's the case. I think Heim Bloom told Kike, hey, this year it was bad. We know it was bad. Uh, we know you want to be a winning player. That's what you care about. Don't worry. We're about to really go in this offseason. We're going to spend money. 
We're going to bring a lot of these guys back here. You know, Kike, we know how you care about Alex Cora. You won't be the only guy Alex Cora loves that's coming back. And we're going to, you know, really try to push and compete in this division and make up for a lost year. And they should be over the luxury tax again. It looks like they're going that route and not kind of caving and trying to reset. Well, they got a lot of money to spend. A lot. And we'll probably do a... uh, We can do like a little financial breakdown at some point. I think it's a little too early for that. Um, But at some point, we can do a little financial breakdown in terms of what's coming off, what's available to spend, what is committed to 2023, especially because that's changing. Now that you have a Kike Hernandez extension to talk about, not that it's like some massive fucking contract that's one year, $10 million. But uh, the money committed to next year is is uh, it's changing for the better. So at some point we can do a little breakdown to be like, yeah, we got X amount to spend. And I think that that number may surprise some people. I think that the, the number that the Red Sox have to spend this offseason will be a pleasant surprise because I think we're just we're conditioned to think that the Red Sox are like, maxed out it's like yeah they've spent so much stupid fucking money dude they got david price's money like they're still paying him he's playing for the fucking dodgers dude it's like we can't spend any money like how the fuck are we we gotta sign jacob de we can't fucking sign jacob de how the hell are we gonna sign fucking uh we gotta sign bogats and devis but then how the fuck are we gonna sign de dude but like that's the thing, and while there is, trust me, plenty of criticism for High and Bloom, this really is his chance to have like true money off the books and shape the roster. Do it your way, JD. Like that—that's twenty million right there. Bogarts, twenty million right there. Half of David Price's money—that's sixteen million right there. And that's not including all the little other parts, you know, throughout the roster that are going to be moving. There's no excuse. This is a truly a High Bloom crafted roster coming up where he can really formulate and do different things. You know, really, we framed it that he's built around Dave Dombrowski's engine. That's what he's had to do since he got here. Well, guess what? Now you're building the engine, Heim. And if the engine fails on you, well, guess what? That engine and the car are getting scrapped, maybe mid-year or by the end of the year. And and that's kind of why, at least this for the people that want to throw Heim under the bus or whatever it may be, you know, one good year, one bad year, ultimately in the eyes of a lot of people. This is his baby. This roster will be his baby, his creation, and there will be no running or excusing anything to blame on Dave Dombrowski anymore. It all falls on Heim Bloom. Peter? Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of in that same camp where it's like we are transitioning <laughs> into like the point where this is unquestionably going to be like the Times team. And I think... uh Probably at the conclusion of this season, like the window has closed on saying it's too soon to like really blame Heim. Uh, he's had, I was willing to give him a pass for like for a little bit because shit was weird for, uh, you know, when he, when he took over, um, you know, uh, extenuating circumstances, uh, some really bad luck this year, but I really do think that that seat's getting pretty hot and, uh, He's had enough time on the job to really have an impact. And if he isn't putting his fingerprints on this team heading into next year, that's on him more than it is on anybody else. Uh, So, like, it's his team, whether or not, like, he puts his fingerprints on it or not. Yeah. Doesn't it? Doesn't it make you guys feel better that it's what? September 7th. It came out, what, the 5th or the 4th, whatever it was. 
in that he's already so the focus is already on the offseason to the degree or to the degree where he's been working on deals for the past couple months, talking with someone like Kike. It has to go beyond him where these conversations are going. And you're telling me he went into that meeting with Kike and he was saying things like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with Xander. You, like, you don't think Kike brought up like, what's going to happen to him? What's going to happen to my boy? Like, what would that have answered had to been? It had to be a positive one for him to be like, oh, this is where I want to be, where I feel like, you know, we're probably going to run it back for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I, what was the thing that uh, what was the thing that Xander said earlier in the year where he was like, I don't know if I was supposed to say that. Do you remember what, what I'm talking it, about? The Scott Boris about being willing to have conversations? No. I forget. Do you remember? What, oh, you remember? you're talking about uh, when he was going to get dealt or the oh, idea of yes, being yes, dealt yes, at the yes, deadline. Yes, 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 Yeah. When he, uh, when he was like, yeah, like I, they told me I'm not going anywhere. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying that. Uh, I think that was like another thing with Kike. <laughs> and like, like, I bet you Haim was probably like, I really wish he didn't say that because now if I don't fucking crush this offseason, yeah, right. now everyone knows that in September, I promise Kike, like, we're going to be way better. But, but, I mean, like, but I mean, like, what else is he supposed to say? Like, he, he didn't really, like, really strap himself into any sort of, like, commitment to specific players or anything. He's just saying, we need to, we're going to be a much better team, which... I mean, he he would say that he in said some specifically in some context. Way better was the quote. Like you yeah, can't but like, be. That's not that's not something that like Heim wouldn't say in back. like a press conference. Like, no, but like, that's what I'm be way better next year. I don't know. I I think if you're Heim, you could word it a lot like you did in 2021, where where it's a lot of like you know we're gonna put some pieces together and we're gonna find some answers and move forward here and kind of you know. Like Heim said in 2021, the expectation that entire time wasn't window to win a World Series. It was to build and compete for him to kind of put that foot forward and say, you know, trust me, we're going to be way better. We're going to take that step. I don't know. I, don't, I, I feel I feel like that's more than I've heard from Heim in terms of a competitive yeah, that's, direction. That's also not a fucking huge leap considering the season that they've had this year, like their last place in the AL East. They're probably going to finish under 500. They've had shit luck the entire season. So like saying we're going to be way better is not exactly like a crazy bold or like shooting for the moon kind of thing. It is when your best players are the players that are free agents. So you have to bring back what you just had plus more to get better. Right. Like, I think it's I think it's indic- it's more indicative of like where they're where they want to be headed. And I think that's that's probably the best news to take out of this is that like it seems like if they're if they're making that kind of statement behind closed doors, it means that they want to keep those guys. And that's probably the the best news to come out of this. And it's kind of like what we've all wanted to hear is that like they intend to bring those guys back, whether or not they do it is a different story, but they intend to to bring them back. And like if they do, I don't think it's a bold statement that say we're going to be way better. All you have to do is have semi decent luck, have guys stay on the field, make a couple additions and make a couple splashes in the offseason and get guys to not have like the worst years of their career. Like it's- I think in the AL East where you're at, though, now, like this division's only going to become more of a hellhole next year with the Orioles taking. They're going to spend money. The Orioles have come out and said, hey, we're ready to start really. 
Sure, but the Yankees know- are going to be trash. Sure. Um, they're going to have to pay that money. They, they don't have a choice at this point. Aaron Judge is laughing at them every single day. Um, but, you know, the Orioles are going to supplement that roster. I think the Blue Jays, once again, disappointing. Like, they should be better than they actually are. They're going to have to figure something out there. I think for the Red Sox and Heim, it's basically, Heim knows the seat's hot. There's only way to one way to cool that seat down. It's not staying under the luxury tax. It's not half-assing it like you did th- this past year. You can't afford to do that anymore. Or you're not going to have a job. I think he's smart enough to realize that as well. And for ownership to be, you know, the leaks that have come out from that front office, he knows there's a lot of questions. There's really only one pathway for this. And I think Kike just signing him. Listen, does it say something one way or another? Is the wording a big deal one way or the other? I don't think it's a ton. But for him to ink this deal, get it done early, it tells Haim that, hey, I know I need to make moves now. I know I can't wait. You have all these question marks. I know I can't wait. I need to sign Kike now because if I don't, someone else is. There's a plan in motion and that's a direction. When have we had a direction that we've been confident in or even felt like there was one for really the last three or four months or even going back to last offseason? It's a good point. It's a good point. I just want conviction. I just, I want, just conviction want direction from time. I want that's direction. It. Show, me, show me that you see something you're, you're not willing to wait anymore. You're not willing to Wait out the market like you've done yeah. the last couple of years and pick up off the scrap heap, which is fine. That's one of the things you're good at. But you need to have that urgency. This felt wanna, like urgency. I What I really want to see them do this, this offseason is I want to see them pick a guy and I want to see them beat everybody else to that guy. I want to see them aggressively pursue somebody and open up the checkbook and like sort of flex we're the Red Sox muscle. Like they have not done that in, in a little bit. Pete, uh, Pete, do you look at like Trevor's story and you're no, like, yeah, they that was just the, the guy that was left standing? Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. And I think you also look back at the Trevor story stuff and while I'm very happy he's here, you know, we saw how his market played out. There was the COVID vaccine stuff as well, where they were basically willing to walk away if he wasn't going to agree to it. Um, right. But- what was the last, like genuinely, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what was the last time the Red Sox identified a guy who was like, Hot on the market, Price. and <clears throat> JD Martinez, or would you not enough? Would you no. not consider that enough money? You're competing with the fucking D backs, <laughs> like D- and it JD's really wasn't even that was surprisingly <laughs> shitty. Like I don't know, I don't know why. Like he obviously ended up being one of the greatest free agent signings in Red Sox history, uh, but his market was dog shit. He thought he was going to get more. He kept waiting and kind of got. Back he wanted double here. what he got. Basically, or Boris, like basically said, like, yeah, we're going to get you 200. You got like, so it was pr- the price was the last one. Probably. Yeah. And you went so far beyond what? 20 million above what the Cardinals were willing to throw at him. They, they went, I think he was going to do like seven years, 180 with the Cardinals and then the Red Sox for like 217. So like, I, I guess like, I, I don't meet when I say that I like when I, I want to see them aggressively pursue somebody and like beat beat the market doesn't necessarily mean that I want to see them throw like 200 million dollars at a guy I I want them to identify a guy that they want and I want them to fucking aggressively pursue that guy and give him a deal that that beats everybody else like I feel like most of the time recently it's just been like short term low risk bets or it's been waiting it out and like 
being like, well, this guy's left available. Let's give a bunch of money to this guy. I want them to get their guy and and like just know that he's the guy and be like, okay, we can pay you more than other people. I don't know who that guy is. Would Neither you, do I. Pete, would you consider them going all out and giving like Devers 300 million that? No, because you're not competing with anybody. Right. It's your That'd guy. That'd be my question. Yeah. yeah like, it's your is guy. it just going out in the market and saying, I don't give a fuck what anybody else throws at you. You're mine. It's, it's number one, it's your guy. And number two, you're not getting better by doing that. You're, you're sustaining. I want to see them get better by aggressively pursuing guys that they identify. That's kind of what I wish they did with someone like Kevin Gosman last yeah. offseason, where you needed yeah. like a dependable top-ish <laughs> rotation arm that could have protected you in case Chris Sale, Chris Sailed. And instead, you didn't even make a call to his agent. You just weren't involved in that market. Yeah, I'm just sick of them being passive and then being like, well, this guy's left available. He could make us better. We'll take him. Have conviction. Yeah, it seems like it starts at the top, though. I, I think it's more. But that, that's so that's exactly why I want to see that is because I trust Heim wants to be much better next year. I don't know if I trust. Owner, the ownership group opening up the money to do so and allow him to flex the way that he wants to flex. Yeah, because I'm sure I, I, I mean, I, I haven't asked him. This is not not like uh, an informed opinion, but I would imagine that there were times maybe that Heim wanted to spend but wasn't able to. Like maybe that there was a guy that he he did identify, or I mean, let's just say hypothetically it was Kevin Gosman, and he's like, yeah, like this is a guy that I'd love to have on this team. Okay, uh, well, we don't want to do like a six year deal for a pitcher in his thirties. Like maybe that's how that conversation goes with ownership. I don't know. Maybe don't know. I'm crazy, but-, but I would find it very hard to believe that Heim would come here from a smaller organization that like is does not have the financial flexibility and financial arm strength as the Boston Red Sox and him come here and him not want to utilize that for guys that he really likes. Cause I'm sure when you're managing the, like the Tampa Bay Rays or any of these smaller market teams, you're like, damn, I'd love to have a guy like that, but just out of, out of our ball, out of our league, out of our, what we can afford. And you have to, 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 to figure out ways around that. And yeah, that's where like a lot of guys separate themselves being able to, to put together teams with much less money. That's really impressive. But when you get to a place like here that has the money and has the aggressiveness or has had the aggressiveness in the past, wouldn't you want to like try that out? Uh, you in, would think. You would think, especially when you look at the guy who he surrounded himself was with and worked with in Tampa. It's Andrew Friedman who created that dream in LA. Right. He combined that small market, you know, strategy of building up your farm system and finding those steals, you know, Tyler Anderson's of the world that go to LA and become what they are now, but also flexing your payroll. So you go and get Mookie bets and you become this powerhouse that no one else can compete with. That's supposed to be the game plan for Heim Bloom. That's why you go that route so you can combine those things. And 
so far, like we haven't seen it. <laughs> you, you went barely over the luxury tax this year and it didn't really make sense. And that's why you look at Haim and it's like him and Farhan Zaidi are like in the same place right now. Like it's very similar spots where they've been able to hit by doing, you know, the outskirt moves and picking up these different pieces, improving the farm system a bit, but still not able to use your financial muscle to be with the biggest teams in baseball. And if you can't do both, you don't survive in this market. Just ask Ben Charrington. Yep. We'll see what happens, though. I just uh, I, I took I took a lot out of that. That Kike comment. The promise that the Red Sox were going to be way better. And, and like the other thing I throw in is if realistically they really wanted to treat 2023 like 2021 and they were like, oh, we'll call ownerships bluff. Let's just kind of sidestep our plan, take it back a year and we'll try to push. You could have, you know, said, hey, we're going to have Jaron Duran next year. We're going to try it again. Maybe we'll bring someone in to like slightly compete with him. Uh, but otherwise, we're going to let our young guys play and we're going to kind of depend on them. No, they're telling you we don't believe in Jaron Duran. That's what that is. And I can you blame them? No, the guy's 26 years old now. He's 26 and hasn't shown anything in the majors. That tells me that they're not willing to wait around. They're willing to actually push, you know, on the gas here to compete. Yeah, I feel like the the trade deadline was a was a step in that direction, too, where it's like, okay, this guy can't play the position. So we're going to we're going to get somebody that can. And like, we're not going to we're not going to wait around and and wait for him to figure it out and, and like burn the next two months waiting for them to figure it out we've given them time they haven't done it we're gonna go out and get people that that can play the position and that's just the urgency they haven't had there's been a lack of urgency for at least this year where you can say the bullpen blew you did nothing to help them first base you just left them to hang and then when this team was drowning you didn't give them any boost until the trade deadline when realistically you just moved chairs around you didn't really make the team that much better so or have urgency. And if Heimbloom doesn't have urgency, he's going to be on his way out. So I don't know. I hope this is the kick in his ass he needed. And I hope this isn't the last extension we see over the next couple of weeks. And I don't think it's crazy. I think Nate is a real possibility, depending on, like you said, Jared, how things play out over the next couple of weeks with him. He threw his bullpen today and they're going to wait to see how he responds. I think Michael Walk is part of that conversation. That drum is getting beat heavily. Um, I'm a little more conflicted on Michael Walker. I'll be honest. I like Michael Walker a lot, but some of the advanced metrics point to him not really being this good. Um, but I don't know. You got to pick a direction. Garrett Whitlock, the guy's battling a hip issue all season, still doesn't look right out there. Decide right now. Is he starting for you next year or is he in the bullpen? Because if he's starting for you next year, you have a lot of your rotation already figured out. Like those are the questions I need. So when you get into the offseason, you're not straddling again and trying to come up with a plan on the go. It just doesn't work. They better not fucking put him in the rotation. <clears throat> Picture this next year. It's Chris Sale. It's Garrett Whitlock. It's Brian Bayo and Nick Pavetta. No. That's four. <laughs> uh, just, but we know the Red Sox gave Whitlock a contract that was shaped for him to be a starter. If they go and get you a number two and you have Chris Sale insert a number two and then those three, you feel like shit, Jared? Yeah, I think that's a fucking terrible idea. I mean, the idea of taking like one of the very few good arms out of the bullpen seems like a bad idea. Yeah, I want Hauk in the bullpen. I want Whitlock in the bullpen. I 
I'm I'm moving forward is if Chris Sale is gonna pitch zero innings, like I, I need a frontline guy. Sale's not it. If he, if he ends up pitching like anything that he gives you next year, this is the same thing that I fucking said this year. Same thing that I said last year. Anything that Chris Sale gives you is a bonus. Anything from day one. So I don't. I'm not gonna go into next season being like, all right, we can put Chris Sale as the number one, and then behind him, like, no, no, he's number zero. He's zero. That's, if he pitches for you, awesome. That. That's fucking great. But like, it's not like you're gonna have some sort of log jam. It's like, oh man. We have all these starters that are making 32 starts this year. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, Pavetta, up until he got the comebacker off the shin, he was the only guy that was going to give you 32 starts. That was it. Walker got hurt. Paxton got hurt. Sale got hurt. Whitlock got hurt. Everybody. Nate got hurt. <laughs> and, and, that's got the hurt. Thing, and, and that's the thing with, like, Waka and Evaldi. Like, I like those guys. Do you really want those to be what's supposed to be your safety net? No, like, that's why like, like you need I said this tonight. You need a, a guy that's going to be able to give you 28 to 30 starts. Kevin like I need a, I need a guy that's consistent. I need a guy that's a dog. I don't care if he's a fucking 4 ERA guy. I got I I'll, I would bring back uh Waka. Like I I'm interested in bringing back guys like Waka. Um and and Nate knowing what what comes with that in terms of the the injury concerns. But I think after after you bring back Dever, after you extend Devers and bring back Bogey, I think priority number one is you need a frontline guy, and what that's going to cost, I don't know. Like I, I, you, you have what? How many? How many of the Red Sox top prospects would you identify as guys that are untouchable? Meyer. We'll still consider Casas there at the moment. Yep, that's it. Um, and Bayo, those would be and my only. I don't even consider him untouchable. I really don't. Um, I, I would because I think that's like we're talking. If you want someone to maybe grow into becoming a number two starter in your rotation, it's him. Tanner Houck, I'm sorry, he's not going to start. He just had major back surgery. Like we're talking a guy. I don't. You, how much can you even depend on him in the bullpen next year? I think that plays into the Whitlock equation where he may not be. You know, they said he'll be ready for spring training, but coming off something like that. Who knows? I think you do need a young arm in there you can lean on. But outside of that, Nick York, who I love, if it's for the right guy, it's for the right guy. Everything else, you built up this depth for a reason. Take advantage of it. Yeah. The Marlins have all these arms. Like, hey, the Yankees couldn't get a deal done for Pablo Lopez. Can you? Maybe. That Those are the calls you need to make here and flip those prospects. Do what you have to do. But you know, looking at free agency, we know it's a lot of older arms. It's DeGrom. It's Justin Verlander. Um, you know, I don't think Verlander is going to come here. DeGrom, everyone already has him penciled for Atlanta. Who knows where he's actually going to end up? But do I think the Red Sox are going to go invest in one of those guys? Probably not, considering their age. Yeah, I'm looking at the list of pitchers going to hit the market. Ugh. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> it's not a good year for starters. And trading for starting pitching is very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. What's what's Clevenger's deal? Is he is he pitching again or no? Yeah. He is. He feels like the kind of guy the Red Sox would go go after because you know, not that the stock is you know horrendous or anything, but has he been the same guy he was with Cleveland? Not exactly. Do you hope you can get him back to what he used to be now that he has you know a season under his belt again? I can make what's that, that smile on your face, Jared? Because I, 
What, what do you got on Sunshine? <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's my dude. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Hmm. Hmm. Do you know if he likes Boston? Are you a Boston guy? <clears throat> he's uh he's he's a wanna compete guy. It sounds like Boston's competing next year. It's supposed to be way better, I heard. Should pass that along to him. Yeah, I can let him know. Wow, he's gonna be thirty two next year. Yeah, time flies. Same age as Waka. That's crazy. That but doesn't like, isn't that like break that your does brain? Not compute. At well, all. One year younger than Waka, sorry. If you were gonna that's sign Clevenger though, wouldn't that kind of clash with trading for Fernando Tatis Jr.? A little bit. That would that would Coley would not like that. Mm. Was that Coley's uh proposal that they mm-hmm. trade for Fernando Tatis? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like the the premise was uh that they hate him in San Diego. And Clev was one of the most outspoken guys. So I was like, well, how are you gonna how are you gonna bring in Tatis if if Clev is here? Based on that logic. Listen, I don't want to get too crazy here. What about Sho- Shohei Otani? <laughs> what? <laughs> if, what about Sho- Shohei Otani? Ugh. That would cost so much. I think Heim would faint. Yeah. I, I do think Heim would faint for that prospect it would, capital. It would cost my dick because my dick would fall off if they got Shohei <laughs> Otani. But do like... They- <sighs> You bring Otani here, like, what can anybody ever say? Like, no one could say a word to Heim for, like, a hot minute. No matter what. Even if the team probably wasn't that good, it's like, he got you Shohei Otani. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think there's a couple guys. I think Carlos Rodon sticks out to me. I, Doesn't that's have a guy option? who I think has... Uh, yeah, it's a player option, correct? Not sure. I, I assume he's not going to probably pick it up because of the year he's having over there. Um, because he had to hit it like an innings total or something, I think, to activate it. Mm. I'm expecting him as someone who's going to, you know, if you want a dog, you want someone who has some special stuff, especially from the left side. He pops and he's shown he can stay healthy now. We'll see. I, I was pissed they didn't go after him when he was hanging out there during the offseason. Imagine you threw him into this rotation. I mean, they'd still probably be in last place if we're being honest. Yeah, it'd be more fun though. Maybe fourth place. They could be in fourth place. That'd be cool. They'd be in the two ninety. Oh, oh, dare to dream, fellas! Look at that. Twenty seven starts this year. Two ninety two ERA. Two thirty four FIP. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Can you believe it? Shoulder looks pretty good to me these days. Yeah, he'd have the highest WAR on the Red Sox right now as well. Would he? He would 5.2 F4. Well, uh, I don't really think there's many other stories right now. It always stuns me how long this podcast can go. Seemingly talking about not a, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I don't know. How did we do three we did hours three last hours time? Three hours last episode. Did we really? <laughs> The Red Sox sweep one series and we're like, we got to fucking milk this as much as we possibly up. can. Bob went off tonight. Never know when we'll back, be back here, boys. 
Then Bob have a big with the dinger? Yeah. Hit yeah. him up. <laughs> Call up Bob. Abraham Almonte? That doesn't do anything for you? That was a tough at bat there in the ninth. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. Yeah, that was tough. I will say, get uh, Jerry's familiar off my team, please. Yeah. Well, what, what, Jared, I'm happy. I saw that tweet and it actually did make me feel a little bit better when you said, get the fuck out of here. Or what, what, him, Bizarro, I'm willing to give a little more time, but that leash is also getting a little shorter after. I, I don't say? know why the Red Sox feel the need to make him go multiple innings. Just keep him at one inning. He's throwing 94 with his like fastball. Do you really think he's someone who can go out there for two or three? He got hit when he went two or three in AAA. Keep it to one inning. The breaking ball is good. I actually, I think I tweeted Familia is useless. And then people, it it got so many like retweets and likes that it went beyond baseball Twitter. And people were like, family's all we got, man. You can't be (laughs) saying stuff like that. Like you'll regret it someday. I, I hope that if like if you're having a problem with your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, that you you patch things up, man. Because family, at the end of the day, it's all we got. I was <laughs> like, no, 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 Jerry's. <laughs> Jerry's familia will make me kill my family. Jesus, it's the reality. It's just the truth. <laughs> Take your 482 ERA. I don't need it. I don't want it. Your one three whip. Get the fuck out of my face. Take Ryan Brazier with you. Get me some fun up here. I want Frank German. I want AJ Paletti. Give me something to root for, something to be excited for. Because all I'm living for is these young guys at this point. That's it. Tristan Cassis walking in the ninth. My World Series. Yeah, I saw that tweet. That's uh, it. All I'm living for are these herbal cigs. I'll be honest. Are they great? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm excited. Once Are you smoking more, Jared? So good. With uh, the current situation? Yeah. yeah just, I just hmm. got a... I bought a weed box today. Like to hold all my weed in it. You can see it in the background right there. Well, that's like a... Oh, is it a... Uh, hold on. You want to see it? Yeah. Is it the lit box, Pete? You can't hear me. I got one of those. Ooh. I'm very excited about it. It's it's very fancy. Oh, you got like a little thing. Is that a strap? It. it is, and it comes wow. with a a little rolling tray as the lid. This Pretty is dope. high class. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Well, you can smell the smell the tobacco. <laughs> Jared's <laughs> rolling. <laughs> Rolling his cigs. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Let's <laughs> get light up. This is what we're yeah. gonna do. We're gonna start smoking during the pod now. Yeah. I can I can get down with this. I don't know Why if not? I have a lighter in get, here, but let me get my ashtray first. <laughs> Are we just gonna start smoking? Yeah, I mean listen. It is what it is. It's September baseball. Uh, the Red Sox are not playing for anything. Right now, they're just holding auditions. That's all this is. That's all this is. Jake, how do you feel tonight? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, it's the first time I haven't really felt anything after a loss. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like winning the series was going to be the only way I was still going to give a shit, but that didn't happen. So, yeah, I mean, it's just fun to watch the new The 2022 Red Sox point. have done this to me. 
Yeah. I'm with you. Your next move has got to be getting one of these. It's like a little, one of these little fancy things. What is that? Oh. What is that? It's it's like a fancy little holder. Oh. I mean, I like class shit. I might just honestly like buy a real pack of cigarettes and then put these in there. (laughs) What a move. (laughs) Yeah. People are going to be like, you're so edgy, dude. (laughs) We're like, yeah. I'm burning it down. All burning day. it down. I'm gonna have to. You think that they sell ashtrays at Target? They have yeah, to. Probably, no? yeah. You can turn anything into an ashtray. It's not wrong, but just buy a plate. There's definitely where you could buy an ashtray yelling outside my apartment right now. What you say about ashtrays? I don't know what they're yelling about. I think they're yelling about fucking putting Garrett Whitlock in the rotation. <laughs> That really bothered you, huh? That, not as much as these people, apparently. They're screaming. As a Garrett Whitlock rotation person, oh. I have concerns these days considering his hip is not getting better. Breaking news. I'm going fishing with Garrett Whitlock on Monday. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you going to talk to him about the rotation versus the bullpen? No, I'm going to probably smoke a cigarette and catch some fish. <laughs> Is this for Nesson? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yep. I haven't been fishing since I was like nine years old. But I'm going to just go to my Bass Pro Shop, get uh, some suspenders, a bucket hat. I'm just going to fire up a dart and catch some fish with Garrett Whitlock. Just a couple, <laughs> a couple of country boys. Just living the dream. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. In the ocean? Uh, I don't know where the fuck we're. We're going like an hour and a half away. I don't know. You fish, Pete? Uh, I don't. I have before, but I don't particularly care for it. Why not? Uh, It's a good question. Oh, it's great. You just... This is you and the waves. I'm a big boat guy. I'll watch people fish, but I don't want to actually do the fishing. You like to watch people fish? Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll be on the ox cord, and I'll sit there and drink a beer and watch people fish. That's cool with me. Sounds way better. Yeah. I don't think Garrett drinks. At all? Yeah, I don't think so. There's a couple guys like that. Jaron Duran. I'm pretty sure he's, like, never had alcohol. That's psychotic to me. Yeah. Nothing. I know players that like don't drink during the season. Like JD doesn't drink at all during the season. It's a Tom Brady thing, right? Maybe. But yeah. That's a problem. I would probably feel the same. Especially now. Like I I don't. Like I barely drink during the season. Like, I mean, it's, it's a fucking grind, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> Why do it's that to grind. yourself? You have to play every single day. You want to start your day off with a hangover? No. And you're traveling so much. Like, I also feel like the anytime you see a video of a player puking viral on the field, the first thing that comes to my mind is this dude was like slamming bears the night before. Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah. Yeah, I, c- I, could, definitely, I could definitely see myself being like that. 
if that's like the no, 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 I'm not saying the, the puking. I'm not saying, the, I'm not saying the puking. I'm saying like the no <laughs> drinking thing, just based uh. off of like it's easy to let things get away from you, and like if if that's your job, and like you're constantly putting yourself under stress, playing every day and traveling, and like being on the road, it's very easy to slip into bad habits on the road. Yeah. So I could see myself being like, I'm not drinking at all. That's how I don't know how like the WWE guys do it. Like maybe there's less of that now, but for sure back in like the 80s and 90s, like those guys were just like slamming beers on the road and then going to do a, a wrestling show and then they got to like wake up in the morning to get a lift in and then putting steroids in their ass and then drinking 20 beers. It's crazy. That's. I guess that's why, like, a lot of them are fucking dead by fifty. Like, well, I, that I don't and, think like, my the body fact can they're take being that. Like, fed opiates and like pain painkillers, yeah, because their bodies are just getting destroyed night in and night out. Imagine having like a a hangover, and part of your job is to get hit in that fucking head with steel steps. I mean, start drinking any every day. any job that requires you to work like weird hours, like overnight hours. Or like do a ton of travel and a ton of like physical labor, there's a really good chance that you're gonna get fucked up on like something, whether it's like boozing every night, taking pills, like drugs, like all that shit. You're gonna get you're gonna develop some sort of like fucked up tendency. Happens all the time. Like you even hear about like people who are like chefs and work in kitchens and stuff. There's a huge drug problem for people who work in kitchens because like you work weird hours, you get off really late at night and like you're coming off of like an intense night and to wind down, you get fucked up or you do drugs and like that's your come down and you just get fucking dependent on that mm-hmm. and you develop addictions. Happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm addicted to herbal cigs. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's how I come down. Fucking watching that West Coast baseball. It's Weird basically hours. the same thing as Vietnam out there. I'm just <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it is wild. Like even for, for like for me, like in the playoffs and stuff, when hockey finishes, like a West Coast game finishes, and you're all jacked up, and you're like, I can't fucking sleep after that. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do? Terrible cigarettes. That's right. That shit's magic. Mm-hmm. I haven't had one yet, but I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you do it. That's how you come down. <clears throat> Shall we look ahead? Let's do it. Stop and Shop Look Ahead, brought to you by Stop and Shop. Uh, <clears throat> Red Sox are playing the Baltimore Orioles. Tomorrow. Day uh, after tomorrow. Day after. We're off tomorrow? We are. Fuck yeah. Red Sox are off tomorrow. What am I going to do? Not suffer. What do you do on a Red Sox off day? We'll talk about that after the stop and shop look ahead. Uh, Brian Bayo versus Austin Voth. <laughs> Fuck is that? <laughs> Uh, Austin Voth is starting for the Orioles against Brian Bayo. 
Michael Walker versus Jordan Lyles, and then Rich Hill versus Kyle. And I believe we had this discussion last time, Tyler. Is it Bradish or Bradish? It's Bradish. Correct. It's Bradish. Kyle Bradish. The Red Sox are five and seven with a negative 12 run differential against the Orioles this year. Uh, Austin Voth. He's four and two with a 271 ERA, a 117 whip, and a 7.9 strikeouts per nine. Came over from the Nationals, where he struggled out of the bullpen this year. A 1013 ERA in 18 and two thirds innings uh, in 19 games for the Nats. Uh, he's been a lot better for the O's, though. You know that O's pitching lab always be doing it to him. He's appeared in 17 games for the Orioles and has not allowed more than three earned runs in any appearance. Uh, he has only allowed three earned runs twice. His 356 FIP with the Orioles would be his best for any season of his entire career. He came up in 2018. Uh, his fastball eh, is all right. It's like, it's like call it 94, 263 batting average against, 452 slug. Uh, he doesn't really have a best pitch. Everything is just pretty average, which is fine. If that works, that's great. The Orioles are 11-5 and five when he pitches. Red Sox hitters, uh, 9 for 25, 3 doubles, 3 homers. Trevor Story, Rafael Devers, and Xander Bogarts all have the homers. Um, no Devers, no Bogarts in the lineup tonight for the loss. The Red Sox were shut out for the first time since May 30th. Bogarts with the Cor- back spasms, right? Yeah, Cora was saying, though, he believes with the day off and everything, he should be back Friday. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Uh, Jordan Lyles, 10 and 9, a 425 ERA with a 144 whip and a 7.3 strikeouts per nine. Lyles, um, he's 31. He has a career ERA of 510 and a 467 FIP. He's allowed the most hits in the American League this year with 172. He allowed the most earned runs in the American League last year with 103 and the most home runs with 38. This guy sucks. Lyles has actually led the American League in earned runs the past two seasons. This year, he is in a comfy uh, fifth in the American League, trailing Jose Barrios by 13. Um. He's faced the Red Sox three times this year. That sounds about right. Uh, back in April, the 19th, four innings, nine hits, four earned runs. Got a no decision and a Baltimore win. May 1st, six innings, seven hits, one earned run somehow. Uh, six strikeouts, got the win. May 28th, uh, four and a third, nine hits, three earned runs. Like, what the fuck? Nine hits, seven hits, nine hits. But four earned runs, one earned run, three earned runs. That's what happens when you don't hit home runs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Got a no decision and a Red Sox win. 30 fucking base runners in 14 and a third innings. 30 in 14 and a third innings against the Red Sox. Uh, His fastballs fucking suck. All of them. Four seam sinker combined. 299, 375, 500 on base, or no, 500 slug, excuse me, 875 OPS. That's bad. Still, somehow the Orioles have a winning record, barely 14 and 13 when he starts and have won three straight and seven of eight. This guy fucking sucks. How are they? That's the Orioles' demon magic. 
Red Sox hitters, uh, 321, 372 on base, 481 slug. That's an 853 OPS. Tommy Pham, 5 for 12 with a double, a home run, four strikeouts, a 13, no, an 1135 OPS. Kike, 5 for 10, a double, an 1183 OPS. And then we have Kyle Bradish. Bradish. Slow start to his rookie season, Bradish. Uh, he's gotten into a little bit of a groove here. Last eight starts at 309 ERA, 403 FIP. The Orioles, in these eight starts, Tyler, what would you, what would you guess the Orioles' record is for Bradish in these eight starts? Uh, I'll go five and three. Seven and one. Seven and one. It's because the Orioles also like to score runs for this guy. 5.56 average uh, runs per game of support for him. Must be nice. Must be nice. nice. Recently, he went eight innings, two hits, two walks, six strikeouts against the Astros. That was a big nuts performance by him. Uh, He's also faced the Red Sox three times this year. I feel like I bring this fucking guy up all the time. Five and two thirds, nine hits, three earned runs. Uh, took the L on April 29th, six innings, five hits, three runs, two earned, only two strikeouts, gave up a bomb, took the L May 27th, an inning in two thirds, six hits, six earned runs, a walk, two strikeouts, gave up a homer, hit two guys. Uh, so that's a 731 ERA and a 165 whip against the Red Sox this year. That's pretty bad. Would you agree or disagree with that, Pete? Bad. Bad. Uh, fastball averages 95, but it fucking sucks. 339 batting average against 565 slug. Uh, slider, 36% whiff rate. Pretty good. Orioles, they are 12 and 6 when he starts, 7 and 1 in his last eight. Red Sox hitters, 333, a 390 on base, a 945 OPS against this guy. Uh, six Red Sox hitters have more than five. Uh, plate appearances against Bradish. They all have an OPS over 1,000. So the home runs, Bogarts, Kike, and Arroyo. Okay. That, uh, again, that is Bayo versus Voth. That is Waka versus Lyles. That is Hill versus Bradish. Friction time. Um, this is in Baltimore, yeah? Correct. Uh, I think, I think the Red Sox just win one. That's how I feel. Which one? Uh, they have to beat Lyles. He sucks. (laughs) Waka Lyles is a Red Sox dub. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a, that's a sandwich. That's a sandwich series for the Red Sox. They're going to win the middle game. Peter? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the exact same thing. Number one, because that was my leaning. And number two, who cares? <laughs> who, who cares? It's fair. Um, Tyler? I'm going to be the positive one. Oh, I will be positive Paul today since Pat's dead. Right. Um, but any Brian Bayo day is a good day to me. 
I think a big part of the race series and why it went so horribly is there was no off day for the bullpen to reset. You actually get a reset day. You should have your arms healthy coming off of your off day Thursday. You got Michael Walker in there as well. The Rich Hill start. Good luck. You know, you'll see what happens there. But I think you got Michael Walker. You got Brian Bayo, who's been pitching really well over his last 20 innings, 315 ERA, 246 FIP. Um, I'm willing to ride those. I think we're going to get a healthy lineup. JD's back. I know he doesn't look great, but at least he's in the lineup. Xander should be back. Trevor Story's back to being the Trevor Story we were all waiting for. I think they're actually going to get their first real series win against Baltimore this wow. round. Wow. That's a bold prediction. I'm a bold person. That's Summer, a, what do you think? Summer. Huge fan of your dog, Pete. Huge fan. That's a, sounds like a huge fan of me. Sounds like an Oriole sweep. Sweep? Oh my yeah, God. Confirmed, yeah. <laughs> confirmed. Jake, what do you got? I think the Red Sox take all three. Really? Mm. <laughs> you think they, like, are, do any of these games go to extra innings or? I think we wrap most of them up by the seventh. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to predict the Clark's catch-up series MVP? Give it to Casas. Mm. That right field wall. (laughs) (laughs) Summer hates that pick. Absolutely. She's just like... Jake, what a fucking moron. (laughs) (laughs) Please apologize, Jake. Yeah, she just hates that one. Hey, it's that pick. Um, All right. What did I say? What did I say we were going to do before? Oh, what we do during a Red Sox uh, off day. Red Sox off day. What are we going to do? What do you do? I just watch other baseball games. Yeah, that's what I do too. Yeah. I'm a loser. I do literally anything else in the world. It does not affect me one bit. Yeah. Jake, what do you do? I just play GameCube all day. GameCube? Yeah, brother. What game? Uh, Mario Kart, <laughs> Mario Party. <laughs> Classics. Yeah. Damn. Maybe I'll buy yeah, like an Xbox or something. This offseason. Don't you have a PlayStation? Yeah, it's not hooked up. Get though. a PC. Oh, you, you think you're gonna buy the Xbox and it's just hooked up? I'll get I'll a PC, brother. Something out, dude. Stay with the PlayStation. Why Play a little show, a little of the show. Well, now that I'm gonna I'm gonna use that virtual reality thing. That's the key. I need some live streams with that, Jared. Please. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure that like, I'm gonna make sure that someone is there to film me doing it. Is this the one where you can? Like make yourself face actual pictures. Yes. Oh my god. I oh believe my so. god. Right, Jake. Yeah, I think we should record what you're seeing and then have a side by side video of you actually doing it in your apartment. Oh yeah, you have to have that. Yeah, <laughs> it would be so good. I don't know. I mean, should I wait for you to like be there, Jake? Because I don't know how to do any of that shit. Me and Jake have to get you on Twitch like full time this this off season doing what 
whatever you want. You got there's virtual? A, there's a there's a there's a Halloween game. Oh, I I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I might do that. I'd be down for that, I guess. Is that the one from a couple of years ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. I'd be down for that. I think it'd be cool. Would definitely be cool. I love video games. <laughs> All right. I'll uh I'll check it out. You look like you just got really sad thinking about the off season. I did, yeah, because I'm like, man, I just hope hope I uh hope I find something to to keep me busy. Yeah, you have concerning off season tweets. I'm not ready for those. I have concerning off season behavior, tweets, <laughs> thoughts. Just lean on the SIGs. That's all you need. Yeah, I'm going to be huffing darts all off season long. <laughs> hello brother shut up alright we'll be back on Monday morning after uh, a super exciting Red Sox series against the Baltimore Orioles Um, yeah by the time the next episode drops I'll be I'll be riding the waves with Garrett Whitlock just (laughs) casting a line Smoking cigs and talking about life. That's going to be great. I'm excited. Keep his hip safe, please. Of course. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, Jake's takes? Uh, I just want to say keep September 23rd on the calendar. It's coming right (laughs) up. Yeah. September 23rd at the cast. I haven't even tweeted about it yet. I should do that. Have them make me a graphic. And I'll tweet about it. I figure like every time that we bring it up, it's usually at the end of the podcast where like most people probably didn't even make it this far anyway, but maybe some people did. I don't know. I don't know, but I'll throw a tweet out. Be like, hey, September 23rd, it's coming up. September 23rd, we're doing a little little watch party, Red Sox, Yankees, casket flagging. I'm going to be out in society being an actual person. Tyler will be there. Jake will be there. Pete has a wedding. Coley will be there. We're trying Maybe. to get Pat sober to show up. Pat might be there. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. So we'll see you there. And uh, we'll also see you on Monday. Buenas noches, amigos. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.